You're listening to episode 18 of the Floxy Hope Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Foxy Hope Podcast. My name is Lisa Bloomquist-Palmer, and our guest today is Clara. Welcome to the show, Clara. Thank you for being on. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really grateful to be able to share my story and hopefully help others. Wonderful. Um, yeah, really appreciate you just your willingness to reach out and all of the people who reach out through Foxy Hope or through the, the Facebook groups or, or wherever to share your story. So can you tell us just a little bit of background about you? Um, just who is Clara, first off? Sure. Um, I am 38 years old and a music teacher from Texas, and I used to teach children in public school system, but now I teach mostly private lessons to kids and adults. Um, But mostly, I'm a busy mom of two kids, and they are three and six years old, and it's definitely the hardest job that I have right now. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. It gets easier and easier as they get older, so I hear, according to my husband. I just, I got married recently, and um, he came along with three wonderful kids, and he says, every year is easier. (laughs) Oh, yes. I hope so. (laughs) For sure. So um, can you tell us a bit about your journey through fluoroquinolone toxicity? What what happened? So yeah, I got floxed in 2004. So it was a while back and I was 26 years old. I was newly married and, you know, excited to start a new chapter of my life. Um, I want to say before I was floxed, I was pretty healthy. I didn't even have like a regular primary doctor because I rarely had any health issues. Um, And so one day I came down with a low-grade fever and was just feeling really ill. Um, I suspected maybe I had like a UTI, but since I never had one before, I wasn't really sure. And I wanted to see someone right away, so my husband suggested that I see his doctor. And, you know, men typically avoid seeing doctors, and so he didn't really um, know this doctor very well, but he was available that day. So I went in, and he did a urinalysis um, and saw no signs of a UTI. He also did a blood test, um, but we had to wait a few days for those results. Um, But since I was feeling so ill, he decided to prescribe me some Cipro. And I was in luck because he had some free samples on him. And he said it would take care of any infection that I might have. And so I was given three pills and told to follow up with a blood test. And so that day I took the first Cipro. Um, I just started having this cascade of symptoms. I started just feeling really nauseous. Um, I had a lot of GI distress bloating, heartburn, cramping, diarrhea. You know, I sound like a Pepto-Bismol commercial. Um, So I called the doctor back just to see if that was normal. And he advised me to continue taking the Cipro and to take a bunch of other medications to combat those symptoms, like anti-nausea medications, anti-diarrheal drugs. Um, And I was hesitant to take more Cipro, but I wanted to be a good patient And so I took the second dose and, you know, at that time there wasn't like a black box warning like there is now. And so I didn't think it was a big deal. Um, But I continued just to feel horrible. Um, The nausea would not let up. And some people thought I was pregnant, you know, and I definitely was not pregnant. Um, I had no appetite for food, um, could hardly eat, you know, and if you're not eating, you're not sleeping. And so I battled this unrelenting insomnia. And when I reported those symptoms to the doctor, he said to drink some Gatorade or Ensure and just to stay hydrated. So I went out, I bought some Ensure, 
you know, thinking that's going to help keep my blood sugar stable. And by the end of the week, just feeling really extremely fatigued and, and confused. And I could literally only stomach like a few bites of any food at one time. And if that wasn't bad enough, I also started developing jiggly teeth. Like my teeth started feeling loose and I could jiggle them from side to side. And every time I opened my jaw, I could hear this like clicking sound and my gums started to bleed. Um, and so I was just terrified by all of these symptoms. And um, over the next few weeks, um, I just started developing these random like tingling pains all over my body, joint pain. Um, There's a burning pain in my foot, mild chest pain, ear pain, headaches, and muscle twitches that seem to travel, sorry, <laughs> no all over my, travel all over my body. And, um, you know, I would see these drug commercials on TV for, you know, restless leg syndrome, depression, insomnia. And I suddenly felt like I could identify with these people. And I also came down with colds really easily. Um, and so, of course, I started having issues with anxiety and depression. And I had these meltdowns with my husband and my family because everyone, everyone was saying just to take it easy. And they didn't really understand what I was going through. Um, and so I went to see another doctor recommended by my mother-in-law because she was very concerned with me at this point. And this doctor felt like my pains were either gallstones and we could do an ultrasound. But since I was having so much anxiety, he prescribed me Xanax. And I was someone who never really dealt with panic attacks before. And so I was scared to try that. Um, and my husband recommended I see another family medicine doctor um, who was recommended by his friend. And this doctor suspected I had an autoimmune disease such as lupus. And so now I'm worried that I've suddenly developed this scary autoimmune condition. And so we did some blood work and it came back clear. And he prescribed me some Ambien for my sleep and some antidepressants. And he suggested I see a rheumatologist and an OB-GYN. And now we know there could be a lot of potential disturbing side effects from Ambien, but at the time I took it because I was just desperate for sleep. Um, but it ended up not being really helpful anyway. And um, so the rheumatologist said it sounded like I had fibromyalgia and to decrease my stress level, stress levels to try Tai Chi, take some Tylenol PM. And the ob of course, couldn't find out why I was having all of these symptoms. And what's really frustrating to me is just that none of these doctors ever thought that these symptoms were a result of taking Cipro, even though it seemed clear to me. And so after a while... Mm -hmm. So Claire, sorry, let me just ask real quick, what's, what's the time yes. period here? This was a few months after I was floxed. I just went from doctor to doctor. And, um, and, and you were telling them like, hey, this started after I took the Cipro, or, or were you not? Yes. Okay. Yes, I was telling them, mm -hmm. and they and they just didn't they didn't see the connection. They didn't acknowledge the connection. No, no one said, "Oh, it, you took Cipro. It could be this." No, um, they just wanted to take blood tests. Just think, you know, they were looking for other things. They, you know, even though I told them the timeline of when all of this started, right. 
Yeah. Right. So sorry, sorry to interrupt. Continue, continue on. Yeah. So they, so they thought that you had. It, it, they were saying, no, this must be lupus, or this must be anxiety, or it must be depression, or it just, it must be exactly. anything other than an adverse drug reaction. Like I, the more I think about it, and the more like I do this research, and the more that I research into adverse drug reactions, I really think that hey, this could be an adverse drug reaction. Should be doctors' first instinct, not their last instinct. Yes. And I think also the timing of when I was Phlox 2004, um, you know, I believe it was a newer drug on the market. And so maybe they just, I'm going to assume maybe they didn't know or um, some people did take it and were okay. I just, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot has changed now, but yes, I I agree. That should be... um, that should be a pertinent question that they ask you at the beginning. Yes. Right. Right. So, so then what happened? Um, and so, you know, by this point I was just suffering from just constant fatigue and, and brain fog. And so, um, you know, just feeling really terrible and and guilty that I couldn't take care of my husband and, and contribute, um, to the household. And I, I had to, just eventually stopped working and, and just became a recluse. And, you know, well-meaning friends would ask me if I was tested for Lyme disease or they would say it sounded like hormonal issues or maybe chronic fatigue syndrome. And then one friend recommended that, um, you know, I, I move out because maybe there's something in my home, like was it mold or something? And so I moved out temporarily. And of course I never, you know, bounced back. And so, um, I would say just over time, I gradually became a little more functional, um, but I never really felt great. Um, so about a year after I was fluxed, um, several several friends recommended a doctor who specialized in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and had helped hundreds of women like me, helping them to get their life back. And these doctors are MDs, but they don't practice conventional medicine. And so their program um, specifically, um, well, it helps a lot of older women with hormonal issues and not necessarily patients who have been flocks, but it does address um, patients with similar symptoms. And it was going to be very expensive to see this doctor. Um, But since his, um, you know, I was pretty desperate at this point, so I was willing um, to go and see, see him. And so... Um, they did a blood test and listened to my whole history. And this doctor definitely acknowledged that the fluoroquinolones did um, harm my body and specifically my gut. And he wasn't aware of any specific um, dangers of fluoroquinolones, but he just acknowledged that antibiotics in general were harmful to the body. And um, and so some of the things they recommended really helped me and some of the things my body didn't tolerate at all. Um, And I just want to caution anyone out there who does seek help from alternative medicine practitioners that natural remedies may not be safe or right for you. So always do your own research. And if you're not sure, just to start low and slow on any new treatment. Um, But I'm going to share some of the things that really helped me. Um, And so he put me on an anti-candida program. Um, which consisted of like a yeast-free diet and the antifungals nystatin and diflucan. And it was definitely challenging to stick with that diet, but I feel like it did help tremendously. 
And I did notice my brain fog begin to lift. Um, my appetite became more normal and I had more energy. Um, he also diagnosed me with hypothyroidism and put me on armor thyroid, which has helped. Um, he also felt I was low on progesterone. So I'm on oral progesterone, um, which has helped with my sleep and my anxiety. And it took a few months for me to find the right dose of hormones, but I feel like that has helped a lot with my energy levels. Um, they also recommended various supplements such as vitamin D, magnesium, B vitamins, fish oil, and antioxidants, which I take daily. And I don't know um, exactly what part of the program helped me the most. Um, I, I think it was just probably a combination of everything that um, helped me to recover. And so I would say about three months on this program, I was feeling much better. Um, and eventually I was able to hold a full-time job and just start to feel a little more normal again. And so the silver lining of my story is that I did go on to have two amazing children. So there's definitely life after being floxed. And, um, and I'd love to talk to you a bit more about your children and your experience of being pregnant post flox and are your kids healthy and happy? And um, if, if you could tell us more about your kids, that would be really wonderful. I know that there are a lot of women out there who are very worried about whether or not they can have kids and whether or not they should have kids and whether or not their kids will be healthy after after they get floxed. So um, if you don't mind just kind of delving into that, that would be appreciated. Sure. Um, so I, I really think that getting into this... Um, this doctor who prescribed the bioidentical hormones was very helpful because um, my hormones were all over the place and making sure um, my thyroid levels were normal um, and making sure my body had the right nutrition. And for me personally, like going gluten-free, I know that's a huge thing right now, but for me, it's a necessity. I have to do that in order to function. So um, the diet change. Um, and so just addressing all of those different things, um, I believe, helped my body to, to be in balance and to be strong enough to be able to carry a child. And... Um, you know, no child is perfect, um, and my, my children definitely have some health issues, and I don't know how much of it is just genetic, um, but they, you know, they do have their own health issues that they're dealing with. Um, they have some food allergies and eczema, um, and we're sorting out that with their doctors, but for the most part, I would say they're very happy and healthy children. And so, you know, just feeling just truly blessed um, to have them. And, and yeah, I, I think um, there is definitely hope in life for, for moms who have been floxed. Um, I'm, I'm definitely living proof of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And how about pregnancy? Was it, were your symptoms of fluoroquinolone toxicity exacerbated by uh, getting pregnant or were they alleviated by getting pregnant? How was, how did pregnancy treat you? Well, I think I probably had dealt with a little more aches and pains than the usual person who hadn't been hadn't, hadn't been floxed. Um, you know the joint pains, um, and so um, 
you know, it'd been s- such a long time since I remember how I felt before I was flocked. So this is kind of my new normal. Sure. Um, but um, I, I definitely, I think I responded to medications um, differently because I, I'm very sensitive to to any kind of medication that I take. And so like getting um, the epidural, I had a few side effects from that. I was very sensitive, um, had tremors from from the epidural. And, um, but, you know, I like I said, if I, if I stick with um, this program, like the diet, the vitamins, the hormones, um, I feel like I'm I'm pretty stable. I, I know if when I when I get off of that for a few days, I can I can tell a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that the fluoroquinolone toxicity puzzle. There's definitely a hormonal component to it, and I don't know if it's all hormones or if it's just a hormonal component. Um, there's a great website out there. I I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's fluoroquinolonethyroid.com. Have you checked it out? No, I haven't. You know, it's wonderful. It's uh, it's by a friend of mine, who um, who wrote about her journey about how fluoroquinolones affected her thyroid, and your thyroid hormones control so much of how you feel, and she's been really devastated by fluoroquinolone toxicity. She's um, she's someone who's who's really struggling um, still still to this day. I think it's been five or six years, something something like that. But uh, but. She had both um, uh, antibodies against her that, that showed both hyper and hypothyroidism. And finding a doctor, I think, that can, that can balance your thyroid hormones and that can um, make your thyroid act as it should <laughs> can, be, can be just worth their weight in gold, you know? Um, so it's interesting to me that your experience of, of seeing a doctor uh, who, who was able to balance your hormones really, really helped you out a lot. And I wonder if that could help other, other people who have been floxed. Yes, because it's not just thyroid. Like I said, um, it's, it's different hormones that your body needs, like the progesterone and the cortisol. It's, it's a balance of all of those things. You know, they all work in harmony with each other. And so... Yeah, I think it's key to find that doctor who's going to look at it from all those different, um, all those different areas. Um, and for me, the the Armour Thyroid has helped. I've been, I've tried the synthetic hor- hormones. I've tried other kinds, and um, I, I could, I noticed a huge difference. So. It's also the type of a hormone that you're on as well. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a very delicate balance, and it's it's something that is difficult to experiment with. And you really want to experiment under the guidance of a professional and under the guidance of a doctor who is willing to do the tests, who's able to do the tests, um, and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I, I've also read some articles about how progesterone can help people with peripheral neuropathy and fluoroquinolones. Uh, are connected with peripheral neuropathy. It's one of the it's one of the highlighted warnings, or like warnings that got more emphasis in the last couple of years, is that um, people can have permanent peripheral neuropathy after taking fluoroquinolones, and that can be connected to progesterone. And I know that for a lot of people, their sex drive is tanked, and kind of their joie de vie, their their zest for life, 
is tanked, and that can be from uh, from testosterone being tanked. And and really, it's it's fairly easy to draw connections between fluoroquinolone toxicity and hormones being completely out of balance. And I do wonder how big of a piece of the puzzle it is. It's interesting to hear your your testimonial that it was a big part of the puzzle for you. It was, and um, I, I did want to mention that. I mean, I do have some lingering symptoms of the peripheral neuropathy, so it didn't entirely take care of it, but it helped tremendously. And I mean, I sleep through the night. I just, you know, I don't deal with the the, the anxiety and the insomnia, and um, I feel that was really important. And just not in, ensuring that you know, once I conceived, I maintained a healthy pregnancy as well. Um, and so, you know, I'm not an expert on any of these bioidentical hormones. There's so much science, you know, behind them, but I really hope they do become more mainstream and, and offered to more women by the regular OBGYN, you know, um, so I think it could help so many women dealing with um, infertility issues. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's, Awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you for sharing for sharing that information and the information about about your kids and your pregnancy as well. Um, what tips would you give to people who are going through fluoroquinolone toxicity? Well, um, we kind of mentioned this, but I think once you're fluxed, I really think it's important, especially if you're having some significant symptoms, um, it's important to see the right doctor for help and not just the doctor who's the most convenient or even recommended by your friends and family, but um, to really do your research. Um, and, you know, if, if the doctor, if it's your primary doctor who prescribed you the Cipro, um, you know, it's it's not likely if you're going back to them that they're going to be able to know what to do to help you. I mean, hopefully they would, but most likely not. And so um, as hard as it is, you know, do your research and find a doctor who will work with you to try to reverse the damage that's been done. And I know that's easier said um, than done. And it may not be the cheapest option, but I really believe that your health and your life is so worth it to find a right doctor who will help. And I am so glad I kept pushing forward and looking for answers um, because I just don't think anyone should just let a pill and even a cheap pill <laughs> ruin the rest of your life. Um, and so there is life after being fluxed. And yeah, that's, that's my biggest advice. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for, for that positive message. And um, just for people who for people who are listening, so people know, we do have a list of recommended doctors that um, has been compiled over the years. It's, someone made a Google spreadsheet, and I honestly don't even know who the spreadsheet belongs to. But you can add on uh, recommended doctors' names. So, Clara, if you, if you haven't already added the doctor who helped you, if you don't mind adding that doctor to that list, it'll, it'll be appreciated. I know that um, the more highly recommended doctors and who are willing to treat this and who have compassion and who understand the complexity of fluoroquinolone toxicity, um, the more doctors that are out there that are like that, the better. Because unfortunately, most people just get kind of a blank look when they go to the doctor. I know that when I went to the doctor, you know, my first GP, she just said, well, it should be out of your system by now. And I was like, well... Okay, 
<laughs> like, right. like I agree it should, but it feels like a bomb is going off in my body. So what in the world is going on? Like your should is not aligning with my reality. And then she referred me over to a rheumatologist and the rheumatologist was like, take some Benadryl. I'm like, really? I mean, like, I can try that. I'll, I'll take some Benadryl. I'm not averse to Benadryl, but that's all you got for me. And then kind of from that point on, I somewhat gave up on Western medicine and concentrated much more on my acupuncturist and then later chiropractic and um, supplements and hearing hearing stories from other people who had who had gotten better and trying different supplements on my, on my own. But um, especially for something like bioidentical hormones or um, really, honestly, all of us should be supplementing under the care of a qualified physician, you know, someone who's doing some, some tests and whatnot. Uh, and and I'm, I'm glad that you, that you found a good doctor, someone to work with. Like that person is worth his or her weight in gold, for sure. Yes. And I feel like if just one of those conventional medicine doctors have, would have just said, you know, I don't know how to treat you, but um, it's clear that it's harmed your body. I mean, that would have made the world of difference to me. You know, instead, I just kept wondering and just searching and just like, what's going on? It's, it was just a really scary time. So Same, same. Like, I always just wish that the doctor had said, like, this can happen sometimes. I'm really sorry that this happened to you. I don't know what to do about it. I hope that you get better with time. You know, like even something like that, instead of just like, no, this shouldn't happen. Well, okay. <laughs> like, like I agree this shouldn't happen. But if you look at the warning label, most of my symptoms are actually listed on the warning label. I was actually really lucky that um, I have an uncle who is a um, is an orthopedic surgeon and... I talked to him right after I got floxed, and he was actually very understanding about it. He didn't know any answers, but he at least didn't like blow me off or say like, "Oh no, that's impossible. You must have lupus," you know, or anything or anything along those lines. Right, and um, you know, after a while, I started to feel like, well, maybe this is kind of I'm having these psychosomatic, you know, issues, and maybe it is all of this <laughs> stress and anxiety and. You know, you start to just question yourself and, you know, and I, I mean, I, I'm really glad I didn't go on the Xanax and um, take any of the any, any depressants. I know some people, they, they really do need it, but um, just taking more drugs wasn't the answer for me, you know, so... That wasn't the right path for you. Yeah, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you found the right path. And um, how, how is life now? I mean, goodness, it's been it's been a while since 2004. So um, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm I'm 38 now, and along the way, um, I've developed some new symptoms, and you know that could just be a part of just natural aging. Um, I don't know what connection there is with the initial fluoroquinolone toxicity, so I'm dealing with those. Um, but overall, um, you know, my family life is good. Um, I can work, continue to work and, um, take care of my kids and, you know, be that wife that I, I wanted to be. And so, um, yeah, just, just trying to stay really grateful for the small things, um, that have come out of, you know, through this whole ordeal. Um, and just, you know, when I look back, I mean, I am kind of grateful. I did have this kind of immediate reaction to the Cipro because, 
some people have more of a delayed reaction and they continue to take Cipro and take, you know, or whatever fluoroquinolone and continue to take more of it. And so at least my body knew like this isn't right. And so I could, you know, respond to that. Um, but just like I said, trying to be grateful for the big and small things that I can do, especially hearing so many stories on uh, your website and a lot of other websites where people are really suffering debilitating issues right now. And, you know, my heart just goes out to them. And so, yeah, taking it a day at a time. Yeah. I, I think one day at a time is, is all any of us can really do. And, you know, grateful for the, it could have been worse types of, of scenarios. And, and kind of like, like you, I'm, I'm really grateful that I didn't go down the path of um, going to the emergency room and having them not know what to do and pumping me th- full of steroids or whatever. You know, some of those stories that I hear from other people and just kind of once I realized that I was on the path of um, getting hurt by a pharmaceutical drug, just kind of went, mm. Maybe I'll reform how I think about that path <laughs> of, of, of traditional medicine, and not that not that people have to turn against traditional medicine, or um, you know, right. every, everyone faces faces these things differently. And um, you know, I went more toward the um, alternate medicine path, the acupuncture and chiropractic path, and some physical therapy and whatnot. And you went more toward the was it a functional medicine doctor that you went to? Um, he's, he's not like a certified functional medicine doctor, but I would say a lot of the, um, their treatments, um, are very similar to those, um, types of protocols, you know, just using more natural herbal things to support and detox your body. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that type of approach is fairly common among, functional medicine practitioners or naturopaths or um, there are a few labels that people that people have who are um, who go that direction so uh, so so yeah I'm glad that you found you found a good one and uh, yeah is there anything else you'd like to say um, share with our audience yeah um, I'm just I'm just yeah, I feel like I'm more knowledgeable now about just how to take care of my body, having gone through this, and just, um, yeah, and and just learning how to balance um, all the different stressful parts of my life. And I just feel like I I can relate to others right now in need so much more having having gone through this. And so, um, yeah, I, I I was angry for a very long time and. Um, finding your website has helped and I want to thank you because I'm really grateful that I feel like I can kind of channel that into um, raising awareness and helping other other people so that other people don't have to go down this path and um, I, I just thank you so much Lisa for all that you've you've done and, and you're doing so thank you oh thank you yeah. I appreciate that so much and I'm really glad that Foxy Hope has been a good resource for you and um yeah, for me, getting getting through the anger took a long time too, and uh, I'm I'm glad that the website has helped you get through the anger and helped you to to find some community as well. And um, it's certainly done that for me. Like without without a doubt, it channeled some of that really negative and kind of toxic energy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Which which is helpful. So, um, so thank you so much for telling your story and for agreeing to be on the podcast. 
and uh, yeah, really, really appreciate your uh, your time and your message. And thank you so much, Clara. Thank you, Lisa. Have a wonderful holiday. Thank yes. you. And to everyone listening as well. <laughs>